1: hey that's pretty good the raptors defeat the indiana pacers 132 to 131 a game wherein there was i believe 26 lead changes the raptors wa- were sorry down by 13 they came back the game was tied 16 different times you get huge performances all across the map we get tons of really interesting scheme stuff to talk about that the raptors did offensively and especially defensively to stop Halliburton. I'm Samson Folk. I am here with Esfandiar Barahani We'll be joined shortly by Pull Up Trey. I will say just programming note quickly. Uh, I feel OK for everyone who watched the podcast last night. Um, I've been looked after and everything has been going well. Everything is going fine. And uh, to all the people who saw what happened, uh, I took the episode down because it's it's a tough watch, obviously. So. Um, i can talk about it a little bit uh later at the end of the podcast if anybody is interested s big takeaways
2: hey. early stuff what do you think first of all glad you're back buddy glad Hell you're rocking yeah. with us uh less than what 24 hours <laughs> you know what i mean back and back and grinding love you hope you're good i'm sure everybody in the comments and chats and everything can uh echo that same sentiment um man what a game yeah. Matty D, what a game. It was incredible. I actually like uh, that was maybe my favorite game of the year from the Raptors by far. Um, Just, you know, offensive bonanza. Hey, I wish they could score 130 points every single night, Samson. It would be awesome to watch, wouldn't it? um yeah (laughs) it would be great uh look no i i think overall like that like you mentioned there's a ton of scheme stuff that we can get into i thought the og plus scotty lineups were really nice with the bench uh darko kind of tweak absolutely yeah um the dark, you know, Darko kind of staggered some of those lineups a little bit differently this tonight, uh, compared to the Orlando game, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, Pascal, obviously, just like sublime in every single way, carving up the defense. I, I knew this was going to happen, by the way. I'm just saying, I like this. The, the Pacers are such a good matchup for Pascal, for Scotty, guys who are just like big wing. You know, type creators—they're just going to dominate against yep. this team because they don't have the the wing size, right? That's why even, they wanted to trade for these type of guys, right? Even but.
1: even shooter, right? Because mm-hmm. this Nemhard isn't there. You and I both like Nemhard. A lot of people love Nemhard. People in Indiana yep. love Nemhard. Um, Raptors fans love Nemhard for a lot of reasons, and we know one of them obviously—he yep. had a lot of opportunities. Like Dennis Schroeder is not definitely like the big name from this game. But 26 points on 62% shooting, adds yeah. five assists. His closeouts, his defense on Buddy Healed late. Yeah. I hope you guys were watching him chop steps because Buddy Heald is a guy who's banging triples. He's 12 for 17. He was 7 for 10. He missed his last two threes. He gets 31 points. And obviously, they put OG on Halburton. Yeah. That's a huge deal. But the thing is, like, sticking, obviously, putting... My God, you put him on this guy, and I can't believe it. He plays such good defense on Hield. It's just like ten of sixteen from the field, twenty-six points. Great defense on Buddy Hield. Five yeah. assists, six boards. Some unsightly turnovers, of course. Pascal Siakam, maybe the biggest name out of this game. Thirty-six points, four assists. Maybe could add seven or eight. A lot of slippery hands on the ball. Uh, Scotty Barnes, twenty points, four assists, eleven boards, four steals was yeah. one of the biggest, biggest motivators of the bottom of the Raptors' defense working and just really happy with what they did to throw a lot of different looks at what the Pacers were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And my God, even Pirtle, who this wasn't his matchup, I would say, did a he, good job. He, he played good minutes and he mm-hmm. was, when he could handle the ball, a decent release valve on the inside. Um, yeah. Massive Malachi game as well. We've just kind of been like hitting the big notes, but let's talk about the offense. You were tweeting about it a lot, but I'll let you take the lead on this one. And uh, just tell me what you thought for the rap, like not beating the Pistons, beating
2: the Pacers and going for 132 in regulation. Uh, okay, so if we were to contrast this exactly with the Orlando game last night, what happened last night, right? Raptors tried to use their size, their size advantage, if you will. There was no advantage against Orlando because guys like Paolo Benquero, Goga Pitaze, even Franz Wagner, these are like bigger wings that can match their physicality, match their size. Tonight against the Indiana Pacers, that was not the case. There is no Paolo Benquero on the other end. There's no Franz Wagner on the other end. This is very similar to the Mavericks game, if you guys will recall, where there was really no big wing defender type to really be capable of guarding a Pascal Siakam. Siakam in the post tonight, I i got to check how many of his points he actually scored in the paint, uh, but it felt like a lot of them. It felt like, yeah, well, let's see, two, four, six, eight, two, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of his points yep. uh, <laughs> in the paint tonight. And I think a lot of that was just, hey, I have this guy on an island, I'm going to take him. And then, as the game progresses, when you get those touches to him early, now the help is there. Now they're shadowing him. Now they're throwing a bunch of double teams at him. And then he can involve the rest of his teammates. There was this nice play. OG didn't finish it, but like, you know, he cuts down middle. OG grabs it tries to go reverse he misses but like that's the type of stuff that you're looking for right um there was you know obviously the the final possession the scotty jv the scotty jv dribble handoff thing right the jv keeper play uh that worked because they thought it was going to pascal they had no they didn't they didn't think it was going to stay with scotty at all both defenders i think it was miles turner and noara i want to believe i can't remember but uh, they both went with pascal Scotty just easily got to the rim, and that's it right there. Uh, I just think when you involve Pascal more often, I don't know how he took 24 shots today, 24 shots. And he left like four layups on the rim still. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I just thought like this is a very clear sign that like against certain matchups, to be fair, you can maximize uh, your offense by just playing run through Pascal and then everybody else kind of fills in their roles it was special it
1: it was this is another game where like scotty wasn't featured as part of the offense really for long stretches he ends up taking 17 shots because he's really good at and you know as he ages and like develops finding the moments in the game where he can take control and where he should be dominating and really being able to you could see even when he's off ball see him pointing out like no like they're denying post entry they're gonna hang a guy what do we do? Jakob, get to the slot, hit mm-hmm. him. They're going to shift, then hit me on the high low. Like he's directing traffic. He's so impressive, even yeah. when he's not guiding all that kind of stuff. Giovanni is right. 194 watching should be 194 likes. There's more now, but hit that like button. It suggests to other people. Oh, yeah. Um, Pascal and Scotty, I thought were masterful in this game. Scotty, and from a like the scheme point of view, why did Schroeder and Siakam take like 16 shots and 24 shots respectively. Right. So basically the Pacers are willing to switch a ton of the actions at one point. Right. And who is better at navigating these switches when digs are coming and all that kind of stuff. Pascal is the king of it. Pascal Mm -hmm. has been a switch hunter for years. He's been one of the best in the league. And here's the thing. Pascal as far as a guy who is going to get into the middle, draw help either take the shot or make a read down for a layup. If he gets the help from the bottom out to a shooter, like he did for OG late in the game. And Dennis and Dennis. Yeah, that one was so easy. Like they helped so aggressively from one pass away and does a really great job working through his reads, like a like a QB, right? Like check down. Okay, what's what's read one? What's read two? What's read three? Mm -hmm. What am I seeing from the defense? And keeping the dribble alive, not paying that much attention to his primary working through what he has to. It's really impressive. And for Schroeder, you know, as good as Halliburton is, and he was we'll talk about him and what the Raptors did to try and like bottle him up. He finished with 33 and 16. Um, He's not he's not good defensively. Schroeder, as far as like if the Pacers wanted to fully fulfill their like switch everything stuff, Schroeder, he blew the lay at the end of the game, of course, but he did get by Turner, right? He did mm-hmm. get by guys quite a lot. And when it's at the point of attack, he does such a good he job of like yeah. turning the corner. So a big opportunity for shooter in this game. He goes two of five from three. He's shooting like on the year, like 55% from the long mid range. He's shooting over 40% from three. The jump shot for shooter has been insane. We talked about his defense late, really fantastic. And he and Pascal really led the offense and Scotty was masterful playing the middle between Halley coming downhill and really making sure that the big man couldn't get up for lobs or mm-hmm. like blocking out. Right. And you could see, man, Pascal was grabbing a lot of those easy boards early on in the game, but Scotty was grabbing those really contested tough ones to close out possessions late in the game. He gained momentum as this thing went on and finishing at twenty eleven four four and four this kind of reminds me of that um, that Dallas game where you see Scotty. He's not the focal point of an offense, and he should be some games. He wasn't this game. Some people might, you know, not like that, but it doesn't matter to him. He's going to impact the game regardless. We mm-hmm. are of course, of course, joined of course. <laughs> by Travon Heath. How you doing, brother? What's uh, no, what's going I'm- on?
0: I'm doing good. I think that was probably like the most entertaining game of the season. It was so. incredible. Yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 and we won so it's like, mm-hmm.
1: hell yeah, man! This. And you got a haircut <laughs> for this one too. <laughs> only, only for you. Damn. And you
2: got a nice little kitchen in the background too. What you working with, bro? Come on, I'm,
1: I'm trying to get on your level. I saw your house <laughs> and I was like, Ugh, gotta work harder. So, uh, big takeaways from this game. We know you're a big, big Scotty supporter. The man, he's from the island. All that good stuff, right? Uh, what do you think about this performance?
0: I I think there there's like two ways of looking at it. Like overall, like I think it was the best application of the offense Darko has shown throughout the in, the entire year. Although a lot of it looks similar to last year, mm-hmm. heavier post ups, uh, more isolation stuff. That's just the circumstances that the team is under. I think trying to fit um, a square peg in a, in a circle like doesn't really make sense. The team lacks shooting. You have one really good half-court initiator, using him in his best spots. And you saw every time he was in the post, when he had an isolation, it forced – he either created advantage or it forced a hard rotation, and it created easy shots all the time. And I think for someone that is looking towards the future and wanting to see overall growth, those lineups where Scotty and OG are with a couple bench guys can play more of those free-flowing style that Darko oh, yeah. wants to do. Mm-hmm. Scotty and OG are winning those minutes, which bodes really well for that particular system and the future going further further along ahead. Like the Pacers obviously aren't the litmus test for how well your offense is going to do. But Scotty and Pascal showed a lot of the two-man stuff that we saw last year that had, throughout, throughout Scotty's entire tenure, to be honest, mm-hmm.
1: that
0: we haven't really seen this year. You, you saw the pick and pop. Little, t- saw- little
1: tidbits, yeah.
2: Yeah, those, yeah, little snake peeks. Yeah.
0: We saw the the lob earlier earlier in the game and then the the little keeper. Things like that will allow like the half court offense to be much more functional. And there isn't this necessarily tug and pull between like whether you need to feature Scotty if he's gonna be in a lot can of those. I,
1: can I tell you my favorite play actually? It wasn't like the pick and pop is obviously, you know, I tweeted this out, I said that's a fever dream. But my favorite play was when they ran that back screen going downhill because oh. they knew they were switching them they have you know Jakob has the ball on the side like mid post right extended and mm-hmm. they run that back screen that they run a ton of you know if you're running from the top you call it chin they Scottie run that for him. yeah they run it for pascal to come off the top indiana's switching and the raptors know that so as soon as they initiate that switch what scotty does is since he knows Siakam's going to pull the guy he exits And Scotty immediately uses that switch to seal the man on the short side. And then it's an easy dump down for Jakob for a layup. Like, that's fantastic. That's really clever. And I don't know if that's something they drew up. I don't know if that's Scotty making a really, really like making a really compelling case for a guy who just like, I'm reading the floor. I'm making a terrific read as a screener. I don't know. But it was super, super
2: impressive. That was out of a timeout, right? Pretty, I think so. Yeah. They,
1: they had a couple, they had three ATOs that worked really well. There was that one, there was, and they actually ran um, Iverson loop for OG, which they ran last year, of course. Uh, they ran it for OG and they ran it for Pascal and scored on both of them. Uh, they used Purtle. This is, you know, Trey actually mentioned that there was a lot of similarities in how they attacked on the offense this season compared to last season. There's a ton of similarities in, of course, the, the playbook. But a lot of the high-low stuff that they worked really diligently for in this game, that was impressive. And that is, for the most part, new. There's, I wrote about some of the high-low stuff they did last year as far as like what they were running with Jakob, especially through the elbow alignment. But this stuff is new. And this stuff is, in this game, certainly impressive. Malachi Flynn... We're going to talk about them. We made a couple of jokes today where yeah. S was Yeah, <laughs> we back, baby. After, we back. <laughs> after the Boston game where, where Malachi did have the first Boston game, for the record, he did have a pretty good game, but they lost his minutes by a bunch. You could go and see the, the reaction to it, of course. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, you lost a ton of minutes, though, and they're still losing those minutes. I'll let you take the charge on this, S. Uh, what do you think of Malachi's performance in this one?
2: Yeah, no, I thought he was awesome. This was probably, I mean, this was undoubtedly his best game of the season. What was it? 13 points? No. Uh, what am I reading here? 14 points. 14 um, points. Yeah, six of eight, he had five rebounds to assists, like just a little bit of everything here. Ultimately, I just think like what he was looking at in terms of making the right decisions, like there was that moment where he attacked the closeout on that Malachi Flynn eight zero run to start the second quarter. Uh, he attacked the closeout, got downhill. That was a really impressive lay. There was a couple of impressive passes that he had in the second half too, where he like threw it into the post, whether it was to Jacob, I think it was, or maybe Scotty a couple of times. Uh, just like great decision making from him on all ends. And I think the defense, in my opinion, there were some moments where there was slippage like that's going to happen when you're a smaller guard. But ultimately, like that's a it's a huge win. And I think overall, it tells you, like, if there's one connective piece on the bench that works for this Raptors team. Then all of it sort of comes together, and tonight it was probably Malachi who did that. You can maybe argue Otto was really good tonight too. You know, plus fourteen, I think it was. Um, I just think there was like when you when when there is one guy on the bench that shows up for this team, then they're 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 so much more elevated in that second unit. You guys mentioned the Scotty plus OG minutes, but I thought Malachi was a big part of that too because. He was a secondary creator, an extra ball handler to kind of just connect different actions together. And if he can do that on a consistent basis, folks, that's good. That's good work by him. And I like it. So, hey, we'll see, man. We'll see it. We're what, 14 games in? If he can progress to get to like this consistency all the time, I like it. I like it. He was, uh, I think,
1: very impressive being amenable to how Scotty wanted to direct traffic. Because Scotty really was precious isn't available in this game, right? So yeah. Scotty is taking the role of center. They're not going Scotty plus, you know, bench and precious is there is the big they're going Scotty is the big running the benches like a point center of and you could see him working a ton of stuff directing traffic out of the high post. And of course, this was an important factor to unlock Malachi, just as also the you know, the defense of the Pacers is an important factor as well. You can factor that into Pascal's performance. You can factor that into Schroeder's, man. It's Everybody's honestly, everybody's, but the Raptors, you play who's in front of you. This is a team that the Pacers have won a lot of games. They've played pretty good basketball this season. This is the best offense in the NBA. And I kind of want to talk about what the Raptors did to curtail that offense. You can't help it. If buddy healed, is banging seven out of 12 threes. Tyrese (laughs) Halliburton had maybe one easy look all night, and he shot five of 10 from downtown. Miles Turner goes two for three. Obi Toppin goes two for five, including the first three, which Pascal Siakam's hand was in his face the whole time. And, like, TJ McConnell hit his three that he sat on in the corner forever 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 you look like me at the end of the podcast the last night you guys oh come, on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on it hasn't even been anyway, 24 hours but anyway man they hit a lot of threes they shot 46 on 39 attempts and the raptors what did they do to stop the pacers man here's the thing you really saw it towards the end of the second half gritty defense yep. and i was really impressed with Jakob. Jakob. Yeah was like i was seeing kevin love versus steph curry in my mind i really was i just i kept seeing that man that one possession on hallie yeah and you tweeted it out and he did it like maybe like on four different possessions you know what else i saw i saw fred versus vucevic playing because that's how that's how the bulls beat the raptors in the playing game right yeah that that was like that was what the bulls did as their adjustment they're like okay Pascal is killing it in the post. Pascal, I think he finished with 33 in that play in game, we need to move the offense elsewhere. So they hang a guy, they start fronting. And when you switch Fred out, like Vucevic, Fred can't make a post entry over Vuce. He can't make it over a lot of primary defenders. So it's like the ball with Fred above the break. And man, Hallie did a really good job navigating that stuff. I think he faced like, maybe like 15, between 15 and 22, 15 and 21 possessions, where they're switching everything across the top. And they did like a fantastic job of sticking with them. Different guys at different times. He's one of the best offensive talents in the NBA. He still goes nuts, 33 and 16. Shout out to our nameless friend who constantly calls Indiana an assist farm. I don't know if 16 (laughs) felt, I don't know if it felt inflated to you guys. Some plays I was like, wow, but when he brought up, he's like, wow, Halley's at 15. It surprised me a little bit. And then we also, after that switching, just towards the end of the second quarter, they start blitzing a bunch, right? And they just want to give Halley a bunch of different looks. We see teams do this with Luca a lot too, because mm-hmm. Luca is such a cerebral player. He's so good at seeing rotation, beating it, and making those proactive reads. And so you have to kind of switch everything up. So the Raptors were constantly toggling between switching and playing straight up, playing like up to touch, playing deep drop, like all this kind of stuff. And yeah. some of that was due to who was the roller. But some of that is just like the Raptors want to be able to impose their will possession to possession. I thought they did an awesome job on Tyrese. If anyone else wants to talk about the defense, maybe focus on OG. The floor is there for whoever. <laughs> like The Pacers run at such like an, ex-
0: an alarming pace. The fact that OG was able to stick with him and you could see in the game like visibly tired he was visibly tired they had to give him a breather much earlier than they usually do overall like he's one of the best defenders in the in the nba i thought what was really interesting was was when they went small and went to scotty at the five how much more difficult it was to to hit the lob or hit the roller going in because scotty was able to blow up a lot of those you're on it man you're on it yeah that was nice as the bottom defender and it made it extremely difficult when Halley was getting downhill because earlier on in the game there although like Jakob great rim protector isn't the fastest player, mm-hmm. he was able to exploit that either to get a lay or to finish to, with Turner and Turner was cooking earlier in the game. Yeah. And like once you made that adjustment, like the Raptors like basically turned their water off and took like an extreme part of their, their offense
1: away. I see a comment as far as like OG's defense. What stood out to me is that OG can obviously stick Tyrese in isolation, but that when they are playing lock and trail, OG is able to get right onto Tyrese's hip. He can get through the screen sometimes, and he always keeps that hand up to block the passing lane, which this Mm -hmm. is also like those OG plus Scotty and bench lineups where Scotty's playing the five and the roll, and that like you don't even necessarily need to tag. Really important aspect of that is that OG is on the hip. If Halliburton is going left, you're complicating that push lob, right? And if he's going to his right, you're on that hip and you're keeping your hand up to block that pass over the shoulder and to make sure that there's no like pick and pop available. And that means that Scotty can and also you're really creeping down Tyrese's back. So that means that Scotty has to focus less on finding the middle between as far as like the ball handler and the roller. He just kind of gets to focus on like completely icing out the roller. And those two work together to do like, man, a really, really impressive job. I thought OG's technique was good. I thought that he was sticking the guy who is leading the most robust NBA offense we have. And a guy Mm -hmm. who did fantastic. I I thought he was really great in this game. I was so impressed. And Scotty working from the bottom.
2: uh, A defensive playmaker through and through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Came, came up that, with four steals that's the vision right like that that is the vision when you look at him as a defensive player it's like he's going to be able to blow up actions with his length be that help side guy to just like deter a bunch of different things you guys mentioned the low man stuff i i think like ultimately if you're looking at like vision like what's the future what's this going to look like that stretch in the second quarter when it was scotty og boucher Uh, auto and malachi like that's that's like an ideal fit around what your future starting five (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) run run that exact same team next (laughs) season uh but like that's that's the ideal type the archetype of players that could fit around scotty ideally uh we'll see like they're obviously going to incorporate different stuff later on but like just in terms of what he can be on the defensive end for you blowing up tons of actions it was awesome i want to mention just sav is bringing up that like he gets burned, uh, OG gets burned on a lot of screens. Uh, it Man, OG is probably excellent at navigating through screens, getting over, ducking under, whatever it might be. And when you're going after a guy like Halliburton, who is quick, who is agile, like uh, he's not like the most bursty guy, but he can explode through a seam very, very quickly. And I actually think that OG did a great job, like you said, of locking and trailing, always putting a hand up there. And it's not just about the shot with Halley. It's about the passing lane and getting a hand up in there too. So like, yes, you're going to get burned on screens. Everybody gets burned on screens, but it's about how you're able to recover. And OG is probably like in the top tier when it comes to recovery. Basically the big thing, you're
1: not going to stop one of the elite players from getting their numbers. Like Halley came into this game averaging 25 and 12. Right. Or maybe that's his averages after this game. But you want a point of attack defender who can guide that guy into your preferred scheme. And it never felt like Tyrese was really able to break the scheme outside of shooting over top of it. Like, yeah, they switch everything over the top, and Tyrese hits what, like a 30 footer on like Mm -hmm. a strange pickup point, too, just boom, like bombs away. That's super impressive. But OG was able to guide him into the type of scheme that they want, and I thought that was really impressive. I was really impressed with what OG was able to do tonight because, like, let's let's read out his stats. I mean, Tyrese is a guy who he shoots 46% from three on eight attempts per game. He shoots 52% from the field. He's averaging 25. He shoots like 93% from the free throw line. 12 assists mm-hmm. per game. Almost a six to one assist to turnover the proof is in the pudding the the pacers have the best offense in the nba Every you know trey talked about it they're running at like an a torrid pace all the time there's always actions to preoccupy the weak side there's always like really really impressive play going on for the primary action he the the raptors did a hell of a job man like i don't want to nitpick these guys they they stopped and like yeah here's the thing too Maybe I can go look it up. But what was the Pacers half court like? What did they get in this game? I'm going to go poke around. But as far as like, I think their average like 106 points as far as their half court offense. And mm-hmm. in this game, the Raptors gave up a ton of turnovers early, helped fuel their transition offense. And you look at the end of the game. Indiana finishes at 108 in the half court marginally above their average and their average is obviously a composite average of they play like the, the best defense in the NBA, the magic, and that is lower. And then they Mm -hmm. play a team like, you know, the Raptors played Detroit and they have a game that's like one twenty seven or something. Right. It's just really, really impressive to see them defend like this kind of Trey. I want to get your thoughts on Pascal since you missed our Pascal conversation a little bit. So let's, let's get you in there for that.
0: Um, I, I think it was his best game of the season. I know like the maps game was, was next level, but what I really liked out of this game is the, the passing opportunities that came out of a lot of the post actions, mm-hmm. the Pacers obviously made a, a, a decision that they are going to slow him down. They came really hard on his post ups. <laughs> those led to either he was making a quick decision, stopping on a dime, scoring from the mid range. And when his mid range is actually working. It opens up everything for his entire game, similar to like earlier, beginning of last season. Yeah. And um, those passing attempts led to Scotty getting close back into the game, getting easier attempts. That that ATO that that they ran doesn't happen unless Pascal is killing teams. The keeper that Scotty has doesn't, they don't overreact to Pascal coming down and Pascal isn't playing as well as he, he was. You spit. So it just opened up every everyone's game. And you have to kind of make a concerted effort. If you want to be competitive, if you want to win, you have to give him the ball and let him dictate the offense. Because Scotty's a great player. If he his if his touch around the rim was good today, he still finishes around 24-25 today. Yeah. yeah. You you have to ignite both of them together. They win their minutes together by a lot. There isn't uh there isn't a need to necessarily stagger or keep them apart. Create actions around them that work and ideally have shooting that manifests
1: better off. here's here's a good question <laughs> micah zion says who would y'all give the chain to who gets the chain tonight s is gonna say malachi it's
2: gonna- yeah give it to give it to malik dog okay pascal's gonna get a million and one different chains this year all right sure. scotty's gonna get his chains schroeder and darko pretty much have a chain agreement here i think you're gonna quote be your
1: favorite for pascal
2: getting so many chains or are you gonna quote your favorite <laughs> rapper Oh, my God. They call me Channing Titan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. No, he's not my favorite rapper. Don't call that. Um, But also... (laughs) Also, I think it should go to Malachi. Actually, I'm kind of curious to see who it goes to because there's a lot of great performances tonight. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of wanted to go to Malachi, man. Those eight straight points in the second yeah. quarter that bring them back. That was nice. That was cool. Yeah, the game was going to go out of hand. Yeah. Um, I know, it's, it's, nice I know for... it's just eight points, and Samson's like, oh, God, we're, we're really going to give the chain so great I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this.
1: Pascal's gotten, we're 14 games
2: in, like, one chain, maybe. Uh, yeah, well... I don't remember. Wait, thing. but have they started? Did they start the chain in game one? I don't think they did.
1: Yeah, they did. Did they? Yeah, the chain The chain was always there, The man. chain has been there? They've okay, been handing thought... out the chain.
2: <laughs> okay, fair enough.
1: And here, just, just to circle back on the, um, as far as like the half-court offense thing. So in this game, the Raptors held Indiana's half-court offense to, I think, their eighth worst half-court performance, which is either their seventh Again. best or their eighth worst, whichever one. It's around 108. And they shot 48% from three in this game. Mm-hmm. They averaged 39% on the season. So you held them around the middle of the pack while they also shot way above their heads. There's some games, I looked at the game logs, where Indiana, their half court offense, is clipping like above 120 repeatedly, man. Like they're Dude getting way up there. So yeah. the Raptors, they informed the shot chart, took the best shot the Pacers could give offensively. Took like 48% from three on high volume, which is what the Pacers used to beat the Raptors scheme at times and did like a really impressive job. And they scored with them to beat them and through a variety of offensive approaches. I thought this
2: game was just like awesome, man. And when you
1: guys a question. Yeah, yeah. Go nuts.
2: Okay, so I, I this is kind of pulling on a thread that Trey said when he first got into this, where like, okay, when Pascal was on the court and it was the starters, they were running, you know, the post-ups, the for form, they were running very typical to what they were running last year. But with Scotty and OG, it was like, hey, this new vision, new style, we can play this as well. It kind of worked tan- in tandem, right? It worked hand in hand. Both were very successful tonight. Yes, I know it's the Pacers' defense. Wanted to ask you guys, though, how do you find a successful way to balance that and maybe manage that against teams that are better defensively because they have seemingly struggled to do that against better defensive teams orlando is a clear example of that because it's fresh in our mind but like minnesota boston philly right there's been numerous times where it's like ah, when i don't know crazy yeah they had a good off like half-court performance
1: against orlando last night they just had what way, was the number it was no, i think it was like 103
2: okay hell yeah and oh, that's actually and surprising. not I
1: know people will get on me for liking Pascal's game, but Pascal's post up offense against Orlando was extremely effective. It
2: was it like was, he, but it was he sliced it was, and diced them. I think I think the the issue was like they weren't creating enough advantages out of the post up because one, there was just not a lot of cutting that was happening around him. I feel like the ball movement, maybe well, the the player move, you know what I mean? But he had like, like eight assists early. Mm -hmm. Um, Not
1: early, but he finished with eight assists. He was driving the offense early on. He only took 10 shots. He scored, what, 16 points there and like shooter the way that Orlando was playing is like they wanted to keep the ball in shooters hands and they wanted to keep like they want to maintain. They just want to maintain the ball in shooters hands. Keep it there. Shooter shot really well from the floor and Mm -hmm. they like shooter. The jumper, as I said it before, like 55% on his mid range jumper. North of 40 from three. The jumper has been insane for Schroeder to start the year. Uh, They actually found a lot of stuff that worked. It was the fact that honestly, Orlando just bludgeoned them in the possession battle. They they had what, like over 20 more possessions in that game. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Lewis wrote this piece today where he talked about how the Raptors on aggregate were starting out every single game with like on average a nine nothing advantage. Because they would, based on their points per possession on a possession, they had like nine more possessions than the other team every single game, which is, you know, a nine point lead over the course of the game, right? And and they found their way to it. The the man, the magic just bludgeon the hell out of the Raptors. Turnovers, mm-hmm. sloppiness, offensive rebounds, whatever ended ended up being, that was how Orlando won. In the half court, the Raptors have been climbing. And a lot of it is yeah. that they a huge game against detroit obviously helped swing the numbers it was like 127 but also it is that line of demarcation where you're like okay scotty is figuring out how to lift these bench units which is by far the most impressive thing and something a little less impressive but also very important is that pascal is in these in-between units with typically Jakob and Schroeder, and then two other bench guys and He's getting a lot of like isolations on switches or post-ups, and he's creating like really great looks repeatedly. I went through Mm -hmm. all of his assists today, advantaged assists. You know, when you give your teammate a really easy look with your motion or your passing talent. Pascal, 72% for the season. Really, really high number. When he carves out, when he makes that pass, even he didn't get an assist on it, right? But you clip the play. He spies out above the break. They get the swing pass to Otto in the corner. It's a made three. He's Mm -hmm. being proactive. His reads out of the post are really good. He sees where the doubles are coming from. And it's important that when Scotty's off the floor, that they can lean into that. And I think that's something that they found works. They've also gone to the post more often in early offense when they can. And they've also done more mismatch hunting. And all of this kind of stuff you can see correlates with a a steady rise, like a much, like a very steady rise in the offensive um, numbers. Also, and steady
2: rise in Pascal's usage. Like Pascal's usage has
1: been like on the rise for sure. Those yeah. those two things correlate, though. Yeah, like it, it shouldn't. Yeah. It shouldn't. Scotty's been the Raptors' best player so far this season. I don't. I mm-hmm. don't want to argue that or anything. But Pascal has been balling the hell out offensively and yeah. just completely lifting these bereft offensive lineups with his ability to just continuously cave defenses in on themselves and make mm-hmm. the reads because. He, he is feasting and beasting on anybody. You know, there's a, a lot of people talk about how he can't do it against X defender or Y defender. He's done it like against everybody. Obviously. Hey, he
2: did it against the Celtics. He, I mean, you mentioned Orlando. I thought he did a good job too. Like, I, I yeah. just, I ultimately think like, yes, they sucked defensively last night too, which was a big yeah. thing. Like, they were, they were terrible. Bad. I just, I wonder. Like where? How are we gonna find a more consistent balance? Like yes, there's gonna be nights like this where it's super super successful. Maybe to your point, they are finding that balance. It's like as they keep progressing, there's gonna f- there's gonna be this fine like perfect equilibrium between the two. I just I don't know. Let, let me get know. to Man. your
1: let me get to your point. You wanted to give Malachi the chain. He yeah. swung. He swung the. He created the equilibrium in this game. The Raptors yeah. every game look for a guy who will provide offensive punch to be a stopgap and coming in and giving you 14 points on 75% shooting and like what he had one turnover in this game two assists, And there were yeah. also times where like he moved the ball along and the Raptors found something a little bit more fruitful later on in the possession. That's what the Raptors need. They need one of those. And they've won a couple games where, you know, it's kind of not guard play, but precious mm-hmm. pops off, right? Like they should have won that Boston game. You know, Trey brought this up. Scotty got the quick blow in in the fourth quarter in this game. Darko yanks him. He's been playing for a long time. And what did he do this time? He burned a timeout to get Scotty back into the game. Mm -hmm. That is important. And then also against Boston, a game like I think they beat Boston by 17 points in Siakam's minutes. And they lost Siakam's on the bench minutes by like 22 or 23 points. Um, That game, as far as the approach and the play, they would have won if they got their regular rotations. And in this game, you could see like Darko is learning with this team. He's going along and it's not perfect, of course. And the Pacers are not the baseline because they're a really bad defense, but they found baseline against a Celtics team. They found Mm -hmm. like, and they certainly underperformed against the magic. Like, of course, I hated watching that game. I hated that night. I got to be honest. It oh, was not geez. good. But I'll tell oh. you this much. They're they're finding their way. I don't know what the ceiling is. I know we probably all have an idea of like it's the sixth seed or theater, sixth theater lower maybe. But mm-hmm. Darko, the ATOs have slowly improved. The offense yep. has slowly been improving. Of course, that correlates with Pascal's usage. But things
2: are progressing
1: in a positive rotation. way.
2: Rotations I thought were excellent tonight too. Like just like yep. – what lineups they were staggering and throwing out there I thought was really good maybe that's because of precious not playing like that removing that factor makes it a little bit easier to sort out who will and who won't play um but yeah I mean I thought this was a pretty great Darko game as far as like you know the narrative goes of like oh Darko uh you know so far hey he like you said he's learning and I think that that needs to be said yeah. anyways I, yeah. I think
0: one thing that that's missed also like with within raptors like schedule has been very difficult and like they played most of the large teams in the nba very early in yeah. the season and they've yeah. struggled they played they the played Sixers the big guys times. Mm-hmm. they played orlando they played, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yep. they played they played boston which is very very difficult i think like overall with the offense you're gonna have more opportunities where scotty's or Pascal and certain lines are going to be able to hold up as the big, which will create more passing lanes, create more opportunities, and ideally Gary's jumper positively regresses so that he can be inserted <laughs> And mode.
2: his free throws apparently. So
0: let's
1: uh <laughs> let's stay there. Gary had the big game versus Detroit. He's had maybe like three decent games this season. <laughs> uh Gary somehow a plus fourteen in this game, which is kinda of funny. <laughs> um gary rhymes with carrie and he certainly was um here's the thing i i kind of want to the round table the early thoughts on gary's season so far i uh, will start with us or no you leaned in trey let's go with you you're ready you're <laughs> ready to rock and roll
0: not good <laughs> good, but, good. <laughs> uh, obviously the um, like he has too many shots so too, too much data to show that like He's not a bad shooter. Like it's gonna positively regress, and big I will big say, data like data
1: guy, big math guy.
0: Yeah. Last year he played poorly to start the season as well. Um, mm-hmm. The one concern I probably would have is that in the preseason you saw that he he looked like an improved decision maker, making a lot better pass, even earlier in the season. To, today, obviously, like it looked at, it looked as though that he he wasn't necessarily looking to find find the low man move the move the ball and actually get into secondary stuff he was he was gunning trying to work his way and get his shot back but that i think eventually that is going to fall and he's going to i think eventually start some games where they need a punch
1: mm. does so i was prior to the season a gary because i i had said before the season like you're in the you're in the experiment let pascal go nuts or sorry not pascal let scotty go nuts as the point guard yeah. Like, you know, we talked about our expectations for the stat lines before the season. Yours, Trey, was very large for Pascal, but I saw a dip in usage and I thought, no, like they, they're probably going to rock and roll with Scotty Moore. Yeah. And I thought that Shooter would kind of guide bench minutes more often. Mm-hmm. That hasn't been the case. Like Shooter is almost always paired with one of these guys, right? Yeah. And it's it's been interesting to see how it's played out. The Raptors have had a super tough schedule to start. But shooter has had some really like some staple games, some really impressive stuff. But I still wonder, like, I can't help feeling, you know, like, what if Gary comes in, as Trey mentioned, like, believe in the data, believe in the track record. And you kind of run with like more Scotty on ball stuff. Because like Pascal, his usage has grown, but Pascal's could dip relative to the latest straight stretch. That would probably be fine. Um, Shooters could certainly dip. And for a guy who's been really good in the pick and roll like Barnes and a guy who makes like really great reads on ball, it might make sense to like keep Jakob out there to be like this huge screener. See if you can get Scotty an edge from time to time. And Mm -hmm. especially if like if teams are just going to switch it, just run from like stagger the offense out. So it's like Scotty runs a pick and roll. Maybe they do a push switch, whatever. Scotty immediately automatics into a DHO with Gary. And like Gary's guy runs over, they've already switched. Are they going to switch it again? Then Scotty can have a post up and like beast and feast. There's like lots of stuff you can do. And that's not even talking about like the ideal situation, which is Scotty gets a step, starts going downhill. And we all know what that looks like. That looks like a lot of points. That looks like a lot of success. And, you know, he's been fantastic in the pick and roll so far this year um, against different looks as well. So who knows if that happens? but it's, it's been interesting. Shooter has overperformed, yeah, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. I still don't mind people wondering if like, Hey, maybe we give, give Scotty more of the ball.
2: Cause why not? Right. That's kind of how I feel about it. Other thoughts. I agree. No, Other I thoughts? agree. I, I agree. Uh, just on Gary, by the way, I feel like this is sort of who he is. Maybe not, not the free throw shooting, but like he relies so much on the jump shot that, if that jump shot isn't going, there's just not a lot that he can get to to be an impactful offensive player. He can be a solid team defender in the sense that he can stay within a scheme, but individually, one on one, you're not asking him to, you know, lock up anybody or stay with a man. He falls asleep off ball. That happened multiple times uh, in a couple of different games. I think even in Orlando, there were a couple of possessions where you're like, what is happening here off ball? Uh, so with Gary, you're relying on the jump shot being the the calling card for what he is. And w- when that swings, so does the pendulum, the vibes of Gary Trenton Jr. You're just hoping and praying that that will eventually swing back the other direction. And I think to Trey's point, it will ultimately at some point this season. He will start to shoot better. He will start to make his free throws. Uh, and it'll look a little bit better off of the bench. You might, you know, instead of Malachi being that sort of, stopgap, if you will, it's going to be Gary. That could be that stopgap for them. I think going into the season, they probably thought Gary could be like a sixth starter for them, you know, and that hasn't been the case so far. I think tonight to kind of shoot him to bail a little bit, they did operate with him sort of as the sixth starter because he was like, it was him, Scotty OG, and then Malachi and Boucher. And like, you can technically, you can sell me on the idea that Gary is a starter technically in that group. Although he's coming off of the bench. So I don't know. I just think like it'll happen. He'll get back to his shooting touch and like we'll have a different conversation in February when he's shooting 40% from three and doing things like that, you know,
1: we have a in in the chat. They're talking about vibes and that's Mm. like Scotty is responsible for it. Not because Scotty's like a a happy guy who is like imbuing happiness to everybody, but because sure, but it's because (laughs) Scotty has made a leap and even in the games where the jumper isn't like popping the hell off, even in the games where he's getting switched on and not really able to initiate a bunch of half court offense, he still finds his way to 20, 12, four and four. And this is the stuff that on the lowest days will carry everybody through the season. Mm-hmm. Um, what we look back at as far as the process that Orlando game and I say, yeah, believe it or not, the half court offense was good and they found a ton of success with Pascal. Guess what? People have seen a lot of Pascal and they've seen what they perceive to be the ceiling of that. They don't really care. And like, that's the truth of it. What's new? What's exciting? Scotty is maybe going to be like at this point, if you just fast forward his stats to all star season, he's going to be an all star at 22 years old. And it's cool that Pascal has really picked up his play and that these guys are doing a good job, especially we talked about those two man actions working together. It's unfortunate that a lot of these come without Jakob on the floor. That is tough, but <laughs> Scotty has really helped helm with his play because as far as like the vibes, nobody really knows how it's going with the team. But the fan base has a lot of consternation and anxiety, and Scotty calms a lot of that and excites everybody in the right ways. I'm so impressed with him. Even if it's a so-so game, he's just there. He's present. Mm-hmm. He's impressive. And yep. uh, I hope he gets more of the ball going forward. Um, I wonder how they really, like, design this offense and make it work. If anybody in chat has any questions before we get out of here, feel free. But uh, Trey, S, any any hot takes from this game? Any um, stray thoughts
2: that you want to get off your chest? I just want to say no, no Grady Dick. Uh, I think no Grady Dick, right? Uh, yeah, no Grady Dick, no DMP. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to say that's like a uh like hey, watch out for this type of thing, but just interesting. He's obviously been struggling a little bit to to make his shots. Um, I think you know to your point, and I think Lewis tweeted this out a little bit ago, but. Once the confidence in the shot has gone, he's he's stopped doing some of the little things that he was succeeding in when the shot wasn't falling. So I think it might be a confidence thing. Don't know. Maybe you guys can kind of throw out some thoughts of like how he can maybe get back to that. But yeah, just an interesting point. He didn't play tonight. Hit shots, man. That's, that's mm-hmm. a big thing. I talked about this on
1: not the last podcast, but the one before <laughs> it where Me? Grady... Oh, hey, Lewis. What's going on, man? Where Grady, as far as um, as far as kind of really providing impact, that wasn't so much the expectation and mm. expecting the 13th overall pick to give you positive minutes is wrong. Always, yeah. always. Um, we just played the Pacers. The Pacers have Jerris Walker, who was the seventh overall pick did not play DNP mm. has had a lot of those this year. I don't think he's played as many minutes as Grady has. Grady was supposed to be kind of buried behind an improved and deeper rotation of the Raptors. We all talked about a potential Raptors rotation. And we said, oh, if Grady comes in as the ninth or tenth man, like we're in the money, that's (laughs) a really big deal. And there were some games he was seventh because things weren't going that well. And because of the unforeseen, you know, complications that Coloco is dealing with, it's been tough. He started out super strong. Little things. King galore doing all Mm -hmm. of that stuff. But at some point, this, the shots have to drop. I have no worries about him finding it eventually. It's game 15 of his rookie season. A DNP yeah. is perfectly okay. Um, yeah. I don't know if the G League f- fixes anything he's doing. I hope that as far as like, I hope he does the double headers. I hope he gets extra reps at the G League when applicable. And that's, that's kind of like, that's the greatest situation from my point of view. What do you think?
2: Micah just asked, who do you think the best player from the Bulls will be? I think it'll be Scotty. Scotty's going to dominate again. He dominated against the Bulls last time they played. Sorry, go yeah. ahead, Trey. <laughs>
0: um, I'm not really concerned. You also have to consider the team that they were playing. They put so much pressure on you defensively that it would be hard in this game to have Grady play a significant amount of minutes. Cool. Just the the fact that Halliburton with, with OG, he was still able to get downhill a large amount of time. And anytime the Raptors showed an inch of a rotation, buddy, he'll hit a three. So having Grady yeah. on the court, I don't think would have made sense. They're going to be easier games for him to play. I think he's probably going to play against the Bulls. I, I, I doubt that Um, we have to worry about a, like a Alex Caruso, three or a draw, but he's, he's going to have 30. I mean, hey,
2: <laughs> hey, they had to worry about it last time. You yeah, know, but, <laughs> there's, there's going
0: to be easier games and easier, easier matchups for him. And he shot the ball well in college. He shot the well belt, the, the ball while well in high school. So like though, that will eventually come as long as he continues to, to show a willingness to shoot, I, I'm okay with playing him in games where it makes
1: sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a strong point to make Trey. Not only because you look at the names is like, he would have been guarding like buddy, Obi, Bruce Brown, maybe yeah. Tyrese on a switch, Matherin, Nora McConnell, like and Jalen Smith, I feel like any one of those guys could have given him hell. And <laughs> they did like a really, really great job as far as in this game scheming and playing the defense as best they could and handling, obviously, a very strong shooting knife from the Pacers. A lot of what they tried to do, it probably would have fell off a cliff if Grady was out there. That's the that's <laughs> yeah, truth right? Well, that's pretty Probably, probably yeah. would have fell off a cliff. And that is totally fine. That is uh that is classic. You just got into the league stuff. Grady, 15 games. This is a very tiny part of what will be, I suspect, yeah. a very successful career. Um, he, He's got to work on his body. He's got to hit shots. He has to start reading the game better, especially when he's on ball. He's really late and really slow as far as like some of the passes he likes to make with a live dribble, yeah. man something i'm paying attention to bryce diamond says i'd love to hear caitlin cooper share her thoughts on pascal and scotty playing together this year um caitlin and i i believe are going live tomorrow at 4 p.m eastern we'll be talking on this channel about this game and about the season overall so if you want to hear the world's best nba analyst uh caitlin cooper will be on the show so i was wondering why you got us
2: us tonight instead of caitlin but yeah it makes sense Oh,
1: we have a, another one from Bryce Diamond, which is a really great question. It's the Hawkins versus Grady thing. So Hawkins has shot the three pretty well, but he's two mm-hmm. years older than Grady. He doesn't really do anything besides shoot the three super well. He makes a couple of reads out of like dribble handoff actions. He can attack the top foot in the closeout. But Grady like does a lot of stuff on ball way better than Hawkins does. Grady... Yeah can rebound better grady's bigger grady's younger if in two years grady can't give you what hawkins is giving you now huge l for the raptors certainly um Mm -hmm. but i still like i still like grady as a player like i i talked to shemit dua before the season talking about the pelicans and the raptors and he was like yeah i'm like i'm excited for hawkins but all he does is shoot like grady's a way better prospect so yeah i mean even the pelicans people who should be excited about hawkins and his early. Um, ability to help them out and give them offensive punch as they're missing like four main guys for their team. Yeah. Uh, he has hit shots earlier than Grady has, but there's a lot of ancillary skills that will help propel Grady to a more, I think a more impactful NBA career. And that's kind of yeah, Stevie says, I can't believe Magic took Howard over both. We were in there, man. We we're at the Raptors Republic draft party. We were like, <laughs> Jet Howard. Oh, what shit. the world? <laughs> I jeez it was um yeah, that was that was crazy. Uh any final thoughts from you guys before we get out of here?
2: What do you guys think I should do for room? Just throwing it out there.
1: Malik. Um, what else? Malik. Your son. Should I do
2: Malachi? Should I do the? Okay, I'll do the son. Why do I always get the? Why do I always get the son for the small point guard? Everybody. Yeah. You.
1: You. You played basketball with Malachi. That's your guy. You had the. You had the interview, and you were like you. And then you told them you're like. You're like yeah, you're a good Malachi. If I was as tall as you, maybe I could have been something in the league. Low key, you know? though,
2: you know. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I think I think I could have hooped. Yeah, maybe yeah. help the Raptors off the bench a little bit. But you know, yeah.
1: the the Terry <laughs> Rozier tweet about uh, Osama bin Laden, except a, about you. If you had been
2: taller, <laughs> I have no idea what that tweet. Was. Really? What was, what was no. the tweet?
1: No. Terry Rozier tweeted out: "Osama should have hooped instead of killing people." Oh, no tall way. tall as hell. He
2: that. Yeah, it's like a classic <laughs> no. tweet. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was Terry Ozil that said that. I've, I've seen that before, but I didn't know it yeah, was Terry man. That's It's funny, fantastic. Huh?
1: Uh, I'll just say for everybody watching right now, like the video, it helps suggest it to other people. And I'll take just a moment to update everybody <laughs> on my situation. So during, it's now deleted, but during last night's episode, I was at uh, Toronto Metropolitan University talking to students and then watching the game with them. Afterwards, during the live stream, right towards the end, I suffered a seizure. Uh, I had never had that happen before. I've gone through testing at the hospital. Everything so far has come back good. And um, I don't think anybody should worry if I'm about to die. I'll send a tweet out or something if, if I have some sort of like that terrible brain disease or something like that, I still have to go get MRIs and stuff like that, but I'm OK. And my apologies for anybody who saw that, because uh, I had a lot of people reach out to me. It was probably kind of traumatizing. That's why it's deleted. So I'm good. Uh, big thank you to S and Trey because I was really nervous about doing this kind of. I thought it would be um, important to kind of test my brain by putting, you know, the flow of consciousness out here and do it uh, live and stuff like that. So yeah. thanks for being here, fellas. Just in case I was like, fuck, you know, I can't really do it. Um, thanks to everybody. Uh, yeah. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, thanks to everybody who reached out. I just had like a ton of people. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm just happy to be talking Raptors. I don't know if what happened to me was stress related, but you guys listening, me talking about hoops, my friends, none of that stresses me out in the slightest. So S Trey chat, anybody listening. Thank you for letting me get on the soapbox a little bit. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's can, about we just, it. can we can we just acknowledge the fact that it's literally twenty four hours later <laughs> and the man is doing the exact same thing he was doing <laughs> yesterday? Does, well, yeah. And he, making he jokes asked about us it. To do this, I mean. Yeah. And make yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely wild. Man. Well, we were you cracking are... jokes like forty minutes after it happened, to be quite <laughs> honest with you that's how you I were cope, cra- man.
2: you were cracking jokes and, like, yeah. and then we were like okay i guess we can start making fun of it already i don't know what's going on i i want you want to
1: normalize it because like <laughs> when i was just there at the hospital and i was like and the doctors were taking it serious i was like this is uncomfortable i don't like this like if the doctor was like <laughs> that if the doctor was like cracking jokes i'd feel way better but he's like oh he's watching the video he looks freaked the hell out because usually oh. they just you just tell him your symptoms But I was like, hey. You had video evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts. Um, but anyway, uh yeah, Top Shot Tesla says, I thought you were pro-labour. Take your time off. (laughs) I like I get it. Um, I I've already talked to RR. RR would let me take like five months off if I need they would let me take whatever off and still pay me if I needed it. But like I said, this isn't a stressor. I'm just talking basketball with my friends. Thank you to everybody for hopping in. Um and everybody who reached out. Hell yeah. S Trey for us. For all the listeners, whether it's live or whether it's on your little walk or just late night, whatever, maybe you're going to sleep to it. I hope you enjoyed this, uh, whether you got into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye. We got a podcast. There we go. Holy moly.